0: <clears throat> I don't mind being corrected, but please be gentle. <laughs> uh, it's my, my privilege to introduce uh, our guest speaker. As you know, we do invite guest speakers to come to our church from time to time, and today is no exception. Uh, I, um, I, I'm, I have an understanding with my nephew, Jason, who's not able to hear, be here today. We have an agreement. We have some guest speakers, uh, one of them being today and one in the next coming weeks that. If uh, you introduce my dad, I will introduce your son. So you can uh, figure out who's going to be the dad today. But uh, (coughs) I'd like to introduce uh, our guest speaker today, uh, Paul Butter. Uh, I've known Paul for many years and appreciate him greatly. Paul and his wife Nancy live close by on a farm just outside of Lonsboro, on Winthrop Road. Paul farms full-time. And occasionally he speaks at the Clinton First Baptist Church where he and Nancy attend. Paul is an honest, hard-working man who loves the Lord, is unapologetic and intentional in living out his faith and desires that all would come to hear the good news of the gospel and respond to it. So, Paul, it's our pleasure to have you come. I'm looking forward to having you being here for what you have for us. Thank you.
1: There, can you hear me okay? Yeah, that's too bad, because now you've got to listen to me. So Nancy's not able to be here this morning. I want to say that first off, because she's speaking in Clinton. So we had to go separate directions today. And that's the way it is sometimes, but that's okay. So two or three weeks ago, Ginny called me and wondered if I would speak here this Sunday. So I didn't give her an answer that night. She called later in the evening. I guess it was later in the evening when I got the message. And close to bedtime. So I said, well, I'll let you know fairly soon. And then I uh, went, went to bed. And uh, lied down. And then within a few minutes, I was back up writing stuff down that God was giving me. Went back to bed again. Got back up again and wrote some more stuff down. And that happened three times, and I thought, this time I'm taking a paper to bed with me. <laughs> and then it didn't happen anymore, of course. But I knew from that that God wanted me to speak. Sometimes God answers in strange ways, doesn't he? So that's the way he answered whether I was to speak here this morning or not. So that's why I'm here. And I was thinking back to the first time I spoke at Heron Chapel. A long time ago, back in the little church, Pastor Cairn asked me to speak on a Sunday night, and that was the first time I had ever spoken any service, and I was real nervous. I didn't know what I should say, and then Pastor Cairn came home that night before I was going to speak, so I seen he was home. He lived right beside the church, and I went over and knocked on his door. I said, I see you're home. Now you can speak, and I don't have to, and he says, no, I'm not speaking. You are. So I did, and people were gracious. I don't remember what I spoke on, but whatever. God used me, I guess, somehow. So isn't that interesting, how God works? I got a question for you this morning, but before we go to that, I'm going to pray. Lord, we come before you this morning. We've gathered here, Lord, in your presence. Church is about you. It's not about us. So, Lord, I pray that anything I say this morning will be forgotten. But what you say through me, Lord, will touch people's hearts, that they will know how great of a God you are and how you uh, work in lives and change people. So God, be glorified here this morning in Jesus' name. So a question for you this morning. Why did you come to church today? I'm just going to have a few minutes of silence for you to think about that question. Why did you come to church today? some of you might have said well that's just what I do every Sunday I go to church some of you might have said well my wife brought me didn't really want to come but she brought me some of you might have said well my parents brought me but I hope your answer was that I came to church to worship God because that's what we should do in church right that's what church is about we come to worship God so this Sunday is graduation Sunday for you here. And I congratulate all those that graduated this year. That's an that's awesome thing, good thing. Congratulate you on a job well done. Takes some work to graduate. You don't just get there without some work. So I congratulate you. I actually have three grandsons graduating this year. Ben from grade 12, Titus from grade eight, and Preston, uh, Carrie and Chris's son, graduated from grade 8 this year as well. So you know what that means? That means I'm getting old. And you know what? That's not a problem. That's how life goes, right? We get older, we move out of the road, and the next generation comes along. You know, and I'm looking forward to going home, believe it or not. You know, I've, I've been here for 63 years. I've done some stuff. And, uh, you know, there comes a time when it's time to leave this this spot so the next generation can come along. And this is not my home anyway, right? I'm I'm just here for a little while and then moving on. And when I watch shows like 700 Club and I see people who have died, but then they've come back, they've gone to heaven and come back, and I hear them talk about heaven, I get filled with anticipation about going there and being there with my Lord. You know, a few years down here, then eternity in heaven or hell, depending on what you did with Jesus. So Psalms 119, 9 to 16 was read earlier. And it starts out by asking a question. And this is a good question for all of us. How do we stay pure? Or how do we keep on the right track? Or how do we keep from falling into sin? And the Bible gives us a real clear answer here. You know, sometimes we wonder, what does God really want? What does he expect from us? But here it's crystal clear. There's no guessing. He just says, by obeying God's word. Excuse me. So in order to obey it, we have to know it, right? Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Reading the Bible, this is key to the Christian life. We always want to have those words in our mind when situations come up that tempt us to turn away from God. And you can be sure that temptations will come. If you read through the Bible, you will see how great men and women of the faith were tempted. David with Bathsheba, Joseph with Potiphar's wife, Aaron and Miriam speak against Moses, which is pride, and Miriam gets leprosy for seven days. However, if we know the Bible, if we have it hidden in our hearts, like Psalm 119 says, then we know to run the other way when temptation comes. We're able to recognize it as sin and turn away from it. Now, in David's case, he didn't run, did he? But the consequences for not running were very severe. The baby dies. And his family's a total mess after that. In Joseph's case, he does run when he's tempted. But he ends up in jail. Now that doesn't seem fair, does it? He runs from sin, and yet he still ends up in jail. Falsely accused, of course. But God has a preparation time there for him, doesn't he? That's what the jail time for Joseph is all about. Preparing him for what God has him to do. And when he's brought out of jail, of course, he rescues a nation from starvation and the surrounding nations too. So God uses them greatly. So I called this message Steps because there are many steps in life. Those that are graduating this year have taken a step in life. The fact is we're always taking steps in life. For example, when you get married, when you become a parent, When you buy a home or get a job, or even when we retire, they're all steps. There are many steps in life. Some steps or choices we make bring us closer to God. You could look at these steps as climbing up to heaven. These are the good choices you make. The foundational step, though, or choice, is to accept Jesus into your life. Without this first and most important step, nothing else works right. For you. So, if we agree that making Jesus Savior and Lord is the most important step a person can take, and that we have to get this done as early in life as possible, these are so important. So, there might be somebody here today, or there might be somebody listening on the internet that has never made Jesus their Savior. And you know, He made it so simple for us. That's what he, that's, he, he did. He did all the hard work. We got the easy stuff. He went to that cross and died, the sinless for the sinner, so that all our sin was covered. And that's what God did for us. And all he asks us to do, he says in his word if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's a promise. He made that to us. It's very simple. Confess. So in other words, you talk to God about it. You have a conversation with him and you say something like this. God, I know I've done things that are against you. I realize that I need you in my life and I invite you to come in and take control of my life. The other part is believing. Confessing, saying something with your mouth It's good, but you've got to believe it in your heart. It's no good just to say words. We've got to believe it. And that's how God made it so simple. And that's why some people miss out on it, I believe, because it is so simple. They think, well, how can that be? The stuff that I've done, how can it just be all wiped away? Because God knew there was no other way. There was no other way than for him to die for us. So once we've got that done, we build on that solid foundation. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 that Jesus is a cornerstone, that we build on him. So every decision or step we make after that is based on what we've done with Jesus. When we ask Jesus into our lives, Holy Spirit comes in and guides our lives. However, without Christ, the steps we often take lead us farther and farther from God. This is like a staircase going down. It goes down to hell. I'm not saying that a person can't change directions. They're going partway through life. It's just a lot easier if you make that choice early in your life, sooner than later. If we have Jesus as our Savior, it's much easier to make those good choices. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Proverbs. It's a book that has good practical advice for us while we live out our life here on earth. If you read one chapter of Proverbs every day, it only takes a month to read the whole book. This book helps you as you build on the foundation of Jesus. It has advice on many different topics. One of them is finance. Proverbs 13:11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, it says. Wealth from hard work grows over time. That makes it pretty simple to me. How do you get ahead financially? You work. That's what the Bible says. If you get involved in get-rich-quick schemes, it's not going to work. What's a get-rich-quick scheme? Buying lottery tickets, gambling. God's telling you right here that don't work. you got to work, and wealth will grow over time. He makes it so easy for us. He has advice for us on marriage in Proverbs, Proverbs 5.15, Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Again, good advice for us. How to live the married life. One man, one woman. Love each other, respect each other, treat each other good. It's going to work out well. Advice on honesty, Proverbs 11.1, The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. So don't try to cheat somebody. Use honest scales. And notice that it says God delights in accurate weights. When you see something like that in the Bible that makes God happy, those are things you really want to pay attention to. There's one thing you want to do is make God happy. And if you see something in there that says this makes God angry, you want to really steer away from those things. has advice for us on love. Proverbs ten twelve, Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. 1 Peter 4, 8. Peter writes, love covers a multitude of sin. Loving God and loving people. That's what Christianity is all about. And the Bible also says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus gave us these two simple commands, and he said all the law and the prophets is tied up on these two things. So get these right. Nothing is greater than love. No power has the power to change situations like love can. That's so important for us to remember. Proverbs 17.9 gives us advice on forgiveness. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on it separates close friends. Forgiving each other. There will always be times we have to forgive. Why? Because we're imperfect. We will say and do things that hurt others. But forgiving will give you freedom. Don't carry that resentment around. It just makes you an old, grumpy person. Proverbs has advice on being kind. Proverbs 11:17. Your kindness will reward you. But your cruelty will destroy you. Be kind to one another. This is another Christian trait that can touch people's lives. Holding a door open, letting a person go ahead of you in line, just little acts of kindness that demonstrate the love of Christ. Being Jesus' ambassadors as we go through life. Proverbs chapter 6, 6 to 8, talks about work, tells us the importance of work it reads this way take a lesson from the ants you lazy bones learn from their ways and become wise though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work they labor hard all summer gathering food for winter God expects us to work Proverbs goes on to say a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man So. God gives us a job and He wants us to do it to the best of our abilities. Now some of us go overboard on that, and I've certainly been guilty of that at times in my life. We put work too high on the on the list and think we got to work all the time. We've got to be careful with that too, that we don't overdo it. There's a time for work and there's a time for relaxing and a time for spending time with your family. However, God does give us jobs. And we should do them to the best of our ability. Now, these things I've been talking about are things that make you successful in life. And so sometimes as young people, when you graduate, you wonder, well, what's the next steps going to be? Or when you retire, what am I going to do? But these things can make you successful all through life. But you must remember this, that without Jesus, none of these things I've been talking about in Proverbs mean anything. They are useless. The Bible tells us that all our righteousness is like filthy rags. So we could do all I suggested this morning in Proverbs and still miss the boat to heaven. Without Jesus, you're building on sand. You're building on air. There's no foundation. All that we we do must first be based on the love we have for Jesus, building on that solid foundation when Jesus comes into your life he changes you you become a new person And know oh, there's still times that your flesh gets you into trouble but you know it that's the difference when you become a Christian you know it then and you confess that sin and ask for forgiveness that's the difference before you knew Jesus you didn't care if you sinned or not now you get convicted and conviction is a real blessing in a Christian's life you have no desire to live that way anymore, and praise God for that. So we turn to God every day, we ask for guidance, and we expect he's going to work through us. And as amazing as that is, he does. We are blessed people. Let's pray. Father, as we are here before you, gathered in your house, Lord, we ask that we will be the people of God that we will represent you well and that we will be your ambassadors to the world around us, Lord. Show us ways, Lord, that we can love people. Help us to see people through your eyes, God. People are going through so many things these days, so, such uh, troubling times. But God, help us to reach out to them in the way that we can. Help us to be good representatives and to share your love with people as you give us the ability in Jesus' name. Amen.